DMs, have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Mimics, tired of being underestimated just because you decided to impersonate an armchair? Then this is the podcast for you where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dun, dun. Dun. Welcome back, everyone! Yay! Episode 19! Oh my! <laughs> That's crazy! That's crazy! What's funny is that we, you, you and I are so much more coordinated than me and Andy. With my other podcasts, we've done it for like three and a half years, and I don't even know that we have this many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well done, us. We work um, hard. And you know what? Like, mm-hmm. we just have a really enthusiastic audience. We oh do. My God, we, they're, they're, they're the just best. like the best. They are. They're the best. I'm so excited for our our poll. When is it going up? Is it up? It'll be already? up today. It'll be <gasps> up today. Oh my! All right, everyone. Well, you got to vote. Even though I know that most of you don't actually listen to this, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. No one cares. I don't care. Absolutely not. I don't care. I care a little. Please listen to us. Please listen. <laughs> okay, I I have to talk about this because uh, I mean we talked about it a little bit yesterday, mm-hmm. but like. We had our friend, our new friend, internet friend, John, on last episode. Yes. He was awesome. Like, he was so cool. He was yeah, so cool John, to talk John, you're to. great. Yes. Yeah. He talked about the satanic panic and... Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like, I, in the back of my mind, yeah, I knew that that in the 80s and 90s, people were like, ah, what are you talking about dragons? <laughs> oh, the Lord doesn't like it. Whatever. <laughs> so, but I I did not understand the like scope of this panic. I yeah, watched, oh, it was crazy. I watched the first hour and 15 minutes of Mazes and Monsters. Okay. And if you don't remember us talking about this last episode, Mazes and Monsters, a 1982 film starring mm-hmm. our oh, my no, beloved no. Tom Hanks. <laughs> he plays a college student who <laughs> who plays the the made for TV mm-hmm. movie equivalent of Dungeons and Dragons. That's what mm-hmm. they called the Mazes and Monsters was the exact same thing. <laughs> they had minis that they painted, like they hand Which I will say Mazes and Monsters it's 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 not too bad, but it does it doesn't capture the essence. I prefer layers and lizards. Oh, I'm I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I I agree, but you know they actually like did a good job of incorporating the like mazes portion of it. Okay, they actually like go through like that's how they described their like field. It was like a maze that you had to get through. Got it. It's okay. like okay. Anyway, so it's it's completely wackadoo. All right, and and is I it, couldn't even what finish is the this premise? movie. I couldn't finish. What this is movie. the like? Is the premise literally just that he plays and then gets corrupt, or like does he get sucked into the game? No. Okay, it- so Tom Hanks is mm-hmm. kicked out of u- his university. 
because he was playing too much of this game and didn't go to classes. Okay, like this is like Good. the first five minutes you learn that Tom Hanks is starting at a new university because he got expelled from his last mm. university due to the fact that he was playing too much Mazes and Monsters. This makes me like Tom Hanks more. I know. I was like, I'm all about this. Like yeah. you were probably in like some boring like accounting shit or something. Yeah. Who cares? Like go play right. Mazes and Monsters. That's yeah, awesome. I- I can only be so lucky that I would have dropped out of law school <laughs> because I played too much d If only I had known then what I know now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, and like his parents are like super rich and they're like drunks and they're like fighting with each other. But then the only thing they can agree on is like, please, darling, don't play that treacherous game anymore. Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We need to deconstruct this. <laughs> We're not going to put any blame on the terrible parents who mm-hmm. are drunks, mm-hmm. but they're the ones with the supposedly good advice to stop playing D&D. And that everything that's wrong with Tom <laughs> is the fault of messes and monsters. Okay. What, was he playing it in the womb, Marsha? <laughs> no, Brenda. God. Damn it, Susan. Come on, Susan. Okay, so he, the like, the first, like, 10 minutes is the introduction to like the four characters, right? So Tom Hanks is a guy that gets expelled from the old school starting up. The other three are like returning to campus for their second or third year or whatever. It's not clear, but they're a threesome. That's like looking for a fourth to play Mrs. And monsters. And they're like, we're at ninth level. Like we need another. That's awesome. I know. I was like ninth level. Ooh la la. Mm, (laughs) How long have you been playing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so then they like find Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks is like, "No, you guys, I like can't. That's what ruined my life at my last school." And they're like, "Come is on, is he man. from California? Is he a surfer?" <laughs> no, man, I'm like, I can't okay, play this, like, this anymore. This is how Tom Hanks did college student in the nineteen in nineteen eighty two. And so they're like, "No, no, no, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be great. Like we only do it like a couple times a week. Like it's fine. You'll be fine. You can still go to classes and shit. Don't worry about it." So they start playing. And then the youngest kid, he's like this child prodigy. He's 16 years old, but like in his second year of college, right? So he's very mm. immature, but it's like obsessed with the game. Okay. Um, he they they go into like this like cave dwelling or something, and there's a pit, and the guy's like, "There's something shiny down there, but maybe it's bad. Or maybe but it's good." But they're just playing the game. They're not like yeah. visualizing what's happening. No, no, no. They're, they're just playing it. Right. Okay. And then the the 16 year old's like, "I'm gonna go." find the gold at the bottom of the pit and so his character just dies because they're like oh it was a trap oh no and then everybody else is like oh man like i don't want to go on without your character like should we make new characters what should we do and the 16 year old's like uh i have an idea like let's go play in actual caverns like let's go outside i'll be the dm we'll get we're gonna go play in these like actual dangerous caverns that we have just adjacent to our university i was like what the fuck is this what what university just has a caverns adjacent to it okay (laughs) so (sighs) uh, oh and not to mention this kid is like super depressed so so far mazes and monsters has um given you bad parents like Mm -hmm. made your parents bad evidently um made you like fail out of school it will make you you depressed it will make you um suicidal evidently it will make you completely isolated um, and friendless, it will make you. I don't understand. The friends were, the fr- know, these friends like were right there. playing until <laughs> ninth. Maybe it's they're just like, Tom Hanks' character. Yeah. Maybe it's Tom Hanks' character. He's just a psycho. You, 
This doesn't make any sense. But that's not even the worst part. They go and play in the caverns, and that's when Tom Hanks has a psychotic break with reality (laughs) and truly believes he is the cleric. And then the okay, rest of the movie. This is a young man who had abusive parents. Yeah, and who... also his older brother ran away from home. <laughs> and evidently that was also the fault of mazes and monsters. <laughs> no, his parents were drunks and didn't pay attention to their own child. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. And uh, okay, I'm sorry you sat through that. I really am. I am too. And that's why I stopped before it ended because I was like, how the hell does this movie end? And the movie literally ends with like his friends having to convince him not to jump off like the World Trade Center buildings. And then he is he is lost and believes he's a cleric for like the rest of his life. Like that's how they end it. Okay, that's just someone that has like a disorder like a mental health. health issue right? right like that isn't like the, uh, someone someone was neglected by yeah. his parents <laughs> he has severe trauma his brother ran away it's he okay yeah and also if the other friends were okay then clearly it's not the game causing exactly. those issues and then they end like evidently oh, they end it by like playing it one last time because the guy still believes that he's a cleric and they're like okay we'll just play it one last time one last, <laughs> one last time, time. So anyway, I, I was just, I had no idea like how mm-hmm. real it was. Back, oh, it was back crazy. Then. And that I... they genuinely believed that this was going to like corrupt your child mm-hmm. and was going to make you like a Satan worshiper or something, um, or, you know, make you have a psychotic break and like stab someone in New York. So, Which I love because he's a cleric and it's like, <laughs> like most clerics worship good entities mostly he even he even talks about like how he like used his sword and then immediately after he's like oh no i swore not to use my sword unless it was dire circumstances i should have used my magic instead and i was like this is so accurate what <laughs> i mean it's true i'm so confused I know. it sounds it was, like a great movie it was it actually like had really like real elements of D plus a bunch of crazy so. i just want i mean like two things one why am I surprised that yeah. the logic of this film makes no sense? Because idiots right. made it. And it was a made-for-TV movie. So. But, yeah, too, how did this get made? Like, was this on, like, the equivalent of the Hallmark Channel? I don't know. I don't know what station played it. But, okay, but here's so what I found weird. out. It was very loosely, very loosely based on real-life events. Okay, so that's not surprising, though, because... This person, prop mental health mental research, health. Yeah. like was not what yeah. it was, and this poor kid was neglected and yeah. had suffered trauma, yeah. and like, wh- yeah, he had a bit of a break. So yeah. maybe someone should just get him a therapist. Yeah. Okay, this is coming. By the way, we are El- Anna and I both fully supportive of mental health care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, I. I I just had to share that. I had to unload it. And I just want to like <laughs> apologize to John on behalf of everybody that was around during the actual satanic panic mm. when he felt like he had to like hide who he was and what he wanted to do and what his like passion okay. and well, hobby was. And that's bullshit. So you know what world like you do you. And yeah, yeah we're just that's I'm, very I'm big grateful. of you. We're not we're not mm-hmm. in that in that world now and i can proudly declare that i play you D&D. as a woman of color and me as a gay man we just yeah. have so much sympathy for those people who had to hide who they were i mean if i was in india right now i wouldn't tell anybody i was playing fair D&D. 
Fair. Fair. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's... Honestly, it sounds great. I'm going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, like... Well, and it's interesting because just six years later, boom, he did big. Oh. And then made it big. And then made it big. big. Made it big from big. So, if anything... Was D&D. Big his first big movie, or was it Splash? I can't remember. Um, It was Mazes and Monsters, obviously. It was Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> I'm sure he did other acting before that, too. I, it's just, this whole thing is so weird. I'm yeah. uncomfortable now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, well, I'm, I'm thrilled. We have... I think 430 Twitter followers. We not do. that I'm not that I'm looking or counting, but you know, I, I am. No, yeah. Both we don't, looking we don't and look counting. religiously and refresh constantly. That's not us. Yeah. We're cool. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. We have we're doing so much other stuff right now. We <laughs> could barely fit in time to record this. Um but speak oh, well maybe should we tease something? Should we tease? Something? We got a lot of we got a lot we of exciting a, stuff happening. So what do you want to tease? Okay, first things first. Um, uh, spring of deception. Rum springer of deception. Sorry, yes. rum springer of deception. Rum of deception. We will be doing. Maybe we'll have to aim for this week. So it's Monday in this world that we're recording in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe we'll aim for releasing some little tidbits, some little spicy tidbits. Yeah. So we'll we'll do just like a little fun little bits and little- pieces reading. Yeah, maybe I'll write release. some some dramatic music to Ooh. to underscore it. Yeah, and yeah. then we'll release the whole chapter when we release our little recording, so you can follow along. That sounds great. Yeah. So we're gonna okay. So look, be on the lookout for that. Maybe we should tease some little something else. Oh, oh my god! What do you want to tease? <laughs> well, let's just say Anna and I and a few of our friends have been working on a project. Mm. Mm. Oh my god. Um well I guess we should probably let the listeners know that we will be taking a bit of a break this summer from yes. Ron Order. We're gonna I think once in a while we'll probably put out some more Raw School episodes. Right. Yeah. Um but we have a lot of real life stuff over the summer. I'm gonna be on vacation and as you have vacations coming up. Um and it's just like the first summer free from like some, some of the COVID <laughs> restrictions so like yeah we're just gonna like live our lives for a little bit just a little bit we'll be back in the fall yeah yeah and who knows maybe earlier if we missed you guys that right much. but um in the meantime we're gonna be working on and another let's just say another project that will be shared via this same medium Mm. <laughs> I think ambiguous. I think we could have given you like the least amount of information possible and that was it. Yep. We're doing a thing on here. Yep. We're doing something and it involves microphones. <laughs> so So be on the lookout for that. Okay, Anna and I are starting a band. <laughs> if we if we started a band, what would our band be called? Uh Bard Bitches. No. No. It would be beautiful Bardies. Beautiful Bardies. Babies. Sure, we, we're called the Babies. The Babies. <laughs> and we just sing about D&D and Mazes and Monsters. Yeah. I'm, and I'm Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Tom Hanks was a douche in 1982. He played a character in a terrible movie. Yeah. Don't watch that movie. It's not accurate. 
I give it. There you go. <laughs> see? I and can't that, wait to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> and that, see, you guys, that's not even at the end of the episode. You guys got it right you up front. You just got it right here. The most embarrassing moment here for you all. I do. Um, I, more often than not, it's like me singing something random at the end of the episode. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I do sing a lot of random things. <laughs> I listen, I try and put the thing that makes me laugh the most, yeah. and it's often you. So deal <laughs> I with try. it. I try. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's not a band, but it is something super exciting and super fun, and we think you guys are going to love it. Um, and you'll learn more this summer. Yes, you will. Yeah. But maybe let's let's just focus on the now. On the here and now. The here and now. We got Tyler on today. We're bringing Tyler on! Tyler! You may recognize that name because we often start our cases with, our friend (laughs) Tyler submitted this question, and now he's going to come and ask his own questions. Or like last episode, like, yeah, Tyler's character almost died. Yep. Um, He messaged me when that happened. (laughs) Listening to the episode, and he's like, realizing how close my character came to death. Yep. Um, so I'm excited right. to have him on. Let's go. Right. Let's go get Let's him. Let's go. Let's bring him on. Oye, oye, oye. The Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Justice Tyler of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and get ready to penetrate other countries' borders this summer as travel restrictions lift, for the court is now sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, welcome! Hey! Hello, Tyler! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) We're so honored you could be here. Yeah, oh, welcome. Yeah. So I know that you are an avid listener of the pod because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like every Monday Tyler sends me like a message about what happened on the episode. <laughs> and last week's it was really cute because he was like, realizing how close my character came to die. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love getting name dropped and uh, hearing the uh, the mm-hmm. words. Yeah, you know, that shot could have killed him. <laughs> so... <laughs> It very well could have. Imagine uh, if that would have been a nat 20. Oh. That would have been 20 D6. I, I was thinking about that. Can we well, not think about that? The funniest thing to me was when during the session, what happened. So what happened was I got hit with an arrow and I wasn't concentrating on anything. So I said to Joe and Joe's like, make a constitution <laughs> saving throw. And I'm like, but I'm not concentrating on anything, bro. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's like. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. The ominous, I know. I know. I know. Um, yep. so, so Tyler, okay, well, let's... Um, let's so rewind. you play Draxel in... Yeah, we'll, we'll rewind, but to clarify, you play Draxel in our Guide Your 2 campaign with Anna. And um, we have to thank you personally because 50% of our content yep. comes from questions you send us. Yep. So thank you because they're very good questions. Without you, this show couldn't happen. <laughs> so it's viewers like you. Viewers like you. Dun, dun. <laughs> well, Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into D&D? Yes. Yeah. So I, so growing up, I tended to play, um, I was a, I was a pretty big video gamer in general, I would say. Um, but I didn't start out with RPGs. It was more um, kind of 90s series like 
Tomb Raider and uh, Crash Bandicoot's my other personal favorite. Those mm-hmm. are childhood games that uh, are my favorites to this day. But then kind of around the time that I would have been in high school, I think, um, I got attached to the Mass Effect series. And mm. Mass Effect is like kind of blending RPG with uh, shooter style, which shooter I don't yeah. typically go for, but... Um, I loved the RPG aspects of that game, and um, it just holds a special place in my heart. And so then I, I kind of got into some things like from the Elder Scrolls series, but and mm-hmm. other popular RPG titles. But I didn't actually know about D and D for most of my like early life, and I, I like grew up in a really small town and. It just was never a thing that I knew anyone was doing. Maybe there were people who played D and D there. I don't know. I should. Like... They weren't talking about it in public <laughs> forums. I'll go back and introduce D and D to the, the citizens of New Sharon, um, <laughs> and they'll chase you out with pitchforks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. So then um, I moved to Des Moines recently, and uh, I met Joe last summer. And one of the very f- I remember one of the first things we talked about, I I said something like, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard of D&D. I have a few friends who play it. And Joe, like, instantly, within the next, His like, two hours, up. basically, <laughs> we had already created a character for me. And, and it was Draxel, yeah. That's how Draxel was born, yeah. He, 100%. We, we, like, went through the player's handbook, I remember, and we were like, oh, you could be this class, you could be this one. And I settled on Druid because I was like, seems a little kind of different than what I think of as just like a wizard spellcaster, but I definitely want to do magical things. And mm-hmm. um, then I officially got into D&D about two or three months later. Um, there was an opening in your Gaidra 2 campaign. and mm-hmm. uh, Wait, you just like held on to Drexel for like two to three months? I did. You yeah. just I think sat it was on even Drexel for that, two yeah. to three months waiting? Yeah, he was just waiting. Yeah, he... <laughs> His backstory didn't really come together until like right before, <laughs> probably, but maybe a little after too. It's yeah. <laughs> it's still <laughs> my backstory is still coming together. I, mean, I feel like uh, yeah, only I'm... recently I I emailed Joe about uh, something in my backstory, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Can I can I have this?" And Joe's like, "Sure." <laughs> yeah, there are still things to this day that I I'm like, "Wait, did, have we talked about this from my backstory?" Or like, "What does this mean?" And you know, so for. Hashtag okay. first backstories, you know, but yeah. Well, so so your first character was playing in my game, and now you're DMing your own game. You just had your first session, and we'll we'll save discussion of of your 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 DM uh, stuff for maybe an episode of Raw School. But um, I'm so I'm proud. I'm I'm proud like a mother cub a bear a mother and hen? what no. a mother hen. Are they proud? I, I don't know. They, I, I feel like the cocks are proud, right? Oh, dear. And, I mean, uh, he did just refer how. to himself as a mother bear. So, you know. Like. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if mother bears are proud. Okay. Maybe, you know what? Maybe we should just. I'm like uh, the mama from the proud family. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Tyler gets it. He knows what I'm it. talking about. Um, I actually laughed at that. And I don't know what it is. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I tend to get very giggly when... Oh, my God. (laughs) It was a cartoon, guys. Whatever. Moving on. (laughs) Okay. All right. Anna, would you like to get to the case? (laughs) Sure. Well, we're going to be talking about two cases today. The first case is fighters versus held action. When a fighter decides to hold their action and wait for a trigger to use it later that round, can the fighter action surge as part of the held action? Mm. Now, this came up during 
a during game, game of Geiger too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our, our friend fighter, Michael, Mikey Yerikin, um, uh, who was our fighter, decided to hold his action and then, um, but didn't say he was going to use action surge or anything. Just said, oh, "I'm going to hold my action until this happens," and then. Um, uh, the trigger came, he uses reaction to spend it. And then he's like, and then I'm going to action surge. And I was like, well, can you do that? And I think I, I ruled at the table. Sure. Go for yeah. it. Um, now. So I did a little research on this and I didn't even know this, but you can't even hold a second attack as part of a held. That's action, right. Not which even the I extra think, attack, which makes no sense at all. Okay. Thanks the Jeremy point- Crawford. If the point is, but listen, this makes no sense. If the point, like the logic of this just uh, doesn't make sense. Okay. So if your levels one through four and you're a fighter, you only have one attack and you attack and then suddenly you get to level five and that same action to attack once you can now do it twice as fast and attack twice in that round. Why could you not like logically then expend your reaction and because it's taking you the same amount of time to attack once than it is to attack twice theoretically that's like the theory behind it so like if you can only hold like one swipe of the sword then can you say i'm gonna take my action but i'm gonna hold my extra action because it's still an action so that okay so that from what i've read the Jeremy and others agree that yes, you could do that. So you can take an action. You could take one hit, but hold your second hit. Okay. But I just think that's dumb. I think you should be allowed to, to, hold, to both. hold the whole thing. Yeah. I think the rule. So I, I took a, I took a look at this and I wasn't familiar with action surge prior to this. Haven't played a fighter. I, I'm aware of what it does, but like have never read the, the wording. And it just very clearly says on your turn, you can take one additional action. So when I think right. of, and I think we're all in agreement on this, like when we look at the the list of things you can do on a turn, it's basically like just taking that list and saying action number two. So right. rules as written, yeah, it does feel like because of the way ready action works, you can choose, you can on your turn do an action, say you're going to action surge, but then you can only hold you you can't expend both of those actions but i think what you're saying joe is that if you're holding the action that gives you an extra attack that can't be used either which right where did you say you found that cuz it was it, it's so it's also it was a separate question because i was just researching this and mm-hmm. and found it so if you look at any class that has the extra attack feature um uh it says uh, you can attack twice instead of once whenever you take the attack action on your turn. Oh, so it limits it. It limits it temporally to your turn. And I just think this is one of those things where, where in drafting they they put on your turn, and it's like why? Yeah. And, and again, if the theory is that once you reach fifth level, you become so efficient that you can attack twice in this in the span that it would take you to attack once, then it shouldn't matter whether you are using your reaction later on or whether you're doing it on your turn. Theoretically, it's still just the same length of time to engage in an attack. So I have a question. So is action surge for fighters like a bonus action that gives them two new actions or is it just like a, a like a feature that they can use whenever they want it's just a feature so you can you can have your entire full turn so okay so you can I have an action say, a bonus action 
and then do an action surge? Yes. You don't do anything to activate it other than it just being your turn and you saying, I'm using action surge. Like, it doesn't cost right. you anything to use it. Um, See, that is, to me yeah. sounds like it's part of your action, right? Like, your action has surged. So now, instead of doing it, being able to yeah. attack twice, your your powers have surged to allow you to attack four times. And so... I don't know why. Why can't yeah. you hold the action surge feature? So, well, because I think it's it's so so two things. One, I think it it does say that that it gives you an extra action that it's not part of your initial action. So, like the language of action surge says it's a new action, but. Um, in addition, it also has the same restriction as extra attack, and it says on your turn, which right, Dumb. which is just annoying. So, I, so I kind of confused. I sorry, I conflated things at the beginning a little bit by talking about this extra other issue. And, I was yeah. just like, I was just like dumbfounded by the fact that you couldn't even hold your second attack. So, I am telling everyone here that in my games, when you hold an attack action and you have more than one attack as part of your action, you can expend all of those attacks in your reaction as part of your held action. Nice. But when it comes to action surge, I think it's by the rules, by the by the lingo, <laughs> I think it's limited to being used on your turn. So on Monday when we pick up Gaidra 2 again, yep. that monster's coming back to life. <laughs> yep. We haven't killed it yet. So so we'll think Subtract about Subtract action surge damage. <laughs> Theoretically. So and one of those was a Nat 20 that Yurikin got, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. So he attacked, he held his action, and I let him attack four times when he was only supposed to be able to attack once. Right. Per the rules. <laughs> now, I'm saying homebrew, I would have let him attack twice. Twice, yeah. But what he could have done also, and I think this this has been um, uh, agreed upon by Jeremy and whatever, you can take an action on your turn. You can take an action, bonus action, whatever, and then action surge, but hold your second action all together mm-hmm. so say you want to dash or you want to do something else as your second action or or let's say you're an eldritch fighter or multi-class and you want to cast a spell you can actually hold that like you normally hold would the for action help. surge yes that could okay be yeah that's what useful. i had asked earlier why you yeah. couldn't hold the action surge and just say oh, i'm gonna do my attack sorry. i'm gonna do my extra attack i want to action surge i'm just gonna hold that back until this reaction happens or until Got this it. trigger happens so you're saying that we can do that yeah i was i thought you meant hold it in addition in to addition your, to your yeah your sorry that was action. poor phrasing how dare you <laughs> yeah accent ac- bringing phrasing back action surge it, it definitely like the fact that it's called action surge includes the word action in it there's a lot of confusion i think around the word action here um and like what it's doing and i am curious like is there so as i'll I, teach you what action means oh dear as i oh my god oh god <laughs> Always making it inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And that's what Said I Said he you. who made a joke about <laughs> penetrating borders. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Come on, Mexico. We should do the whole episode like this now. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Make Tyler really uncomfortable. Tyler, what were you saying before we sexually harassed Ooh, you? I don't even know what I was saying before that. No. Probably was something. Uh, something oh, about actions. Um, can you hold a bonus action? <laughs> Is that a thing? No. That's another one Lesson of my learned. issues with the bonus actions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and but. yeah, there's, we can, we can have, well, maybe later, who knows, maybe later this episode we'll talk more about bonus actions. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it, you can only hold your actions. So I'm going to rule 
as far as I personally go, that no, you cannot use action surge as a reaction. However, you could action surge on your turn and then hold that action. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, I think the way it's written seems pretty clear on that, at least. And I think that to me, an, a fighter or a monk or barbarian or whoever it is that gets extra attack, that's a pretty core part of their ability set. Yeah. That's that's a huge ability for them. And if they are holding their action, and they probably have a good reason to do it, I don't think it makes sense to really rob them of that since they're giving up so much um, to do that. Sure. They're also giving up a reaction. So I'm with you. Like if if I were if I have that happen in a game of mine, I would. I would allow them to use both of those attacks on, on, on the, the extra attack issue. What about this action surge? Oh, the action question. surge. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm totally on, I'm, I'm on the same on board. page that it's, you can only hold one of the two actions. Yep. And I'm, I'm just going to concur and say that raw does say that, you know, this is where the limitations are, but my special concurrence is that that's bullshit, but I suppose I agree. <laughs> And I just wait until you until you start DMing for stuff, and then people like all of your characters start doing crazy shit, and you're like, "Fuck! Why did I allow them to do this?" <laughs> all of my my fifth level characters are going to be pl- fighting challenge rating like sixteen. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it! <laughs> oh dear. Well, all right. Well, I think that's a unanimous court on two issues. Really, um, you got a two for one there. You got action surges plus the allowing you to hold your extra attack you're welcome so, world yeah you're welcome everyone now everyone just can just so... go off and start doing it and you can yeah thank go us. off and start it just start attacking people start doing it <laughs> yeah. anyway case number oh, two yeah. kool-aid jammer <laughs> burst through the wall <laughs> all right our second case is attack versus offhand attack must a character with two or more attacks as part of the attack action make all of those attacks with the same hand? Okay. So this is another question from me. And yep. I'll give you the context of of where this came about. So I was playing um, a one shot where I played a 10th level character. I was a, I've talked about this. I was a um, six levels monk, four levels ranger, and I was a Kenku. Uh, super fun multi-class to play. Um, but here's the question. So I, I was playing the path of the Kensei monk. And at third level, you get access to these uh, Kensei weapons that are basically like it expands the, the, the types of weapons that monks can use um, to, to do all their monk stuff. Um, and one of the abilities is called Agile Parry. And it says if you make an unarmed strike as part of the attack action on your turn and you are holding a Kensei weapon. So you're holding the Kensei weapon in one hand, but you make an unarmed strike, then you can use it to de- then you can use it, meaning the Kensei weapon, to defend yourself so long as it's a melee weapon. Um, and then you get a bonus to AC for the rest of that round. So here's my question. You're a Kensei monk, you have and let's assume you're at fifth level, so you have extra attack. We all know that if you're dual wielding. Um, then you can use an offhand as a bonus action to make an offhand attack. In this situation, could, do, does your non-offhand have to be the hand that's empty? You just have to be holding the Kensei weapon? Could you make one attack with the Kensei weapon and one attack with an empty, f- with just your fist? 
And and then if so, what would your bonus action, quote unquote, offhand attack be? That's sort of how this came up. Does that make sense? No. And it's giving me eyes of like, I, did, I don't get this. I did look into this one a little bit. Okay. The concept of an offhand weapon took me a little bit to understand because I under I, I get like, so for the first place I went to, which I don't know if this was the best place to start, there's a feat for dual wielders. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it very explicitly states that if you use your action, I'm, I don't have it up right now, but I think it's like, if you use your action to attack with a weapon, with a weapon in your hand, you can use your bonus action to make an attack with the offhanded weapon. So, so that's, so like there is a dual, yeah, so there's a, there's a dual wielder feat, which gives you some bonuses, but, but that's two, what you described is actually two weapon fighting, which any character can, well, no, but it's still like, it's still true. Any character can do that. You don't even have to take a feat. So if I'm holding, let's say I'm a fighter, not a monk. Cause then, cause I think with a monk, it gets confusing with the offhand attack because we're talking about unarmed strikes. Um, uh, so let's say you're a fighter. You have, and this is sort of the example I was thinking of. And let's say you're a fifth level fighter. You have a um, a short sword in one hand and a club in the other hand. And like you go to attack the creature with the club, and the DM's like, "Up, oh, it's resistant to bludgeoning damage." And you're like, "Oh, then for my second attack, I want to use my short sword." Can you do that? Why? Why wouldn't you be able to do that? Because then. Uh, well, I guess I, I don't know uh, necessarily, but but then if you were to make a bonus action, which hand would be your quote unquote offhand? I, I don't think. I think it could be either one. Because. Ex- because yeah. Oh, sorry, Anna. I, I mean, I was just going to say, like, you're already you're already taking the hit of not being able to add your little bonus at the end. Right. If you take it as a bonus action, you're what do you add to it? Your modifier to the damage. Yeah, normally you right. would add your modifier you unless would, but you not if you do it as a bonus action. Right, unless you have the two up and fighting fighting style. Right. So um, let me let me ask you this: When you normally take, if you're wheel, if you have two weapons in your hands and you get mm-hmm. to take the attack action, you can choose either one, right? Like this is just one attack. I'm I'm not even like your level yes. one. You can choose yeah, either right. one of those. Theoretically, yes. I guess there's nothing that I've read. That indicates you ha- like you have to declare that your character has, you know, like like your you know, character is right-handed, exactly. he's holding a scimitar in his right a, hand. Yeah. Like I do this right. Like I play Jen the Bard, who has mm-hmm. a scimitar in one hand, has a short sword in the other. Ooh. I have the extra attack, and because I have the little little boost from uh, my College of Swords, even if I do bonus action offhand. Right. I still get all of my bumps. So for me, it actually does matter because if the damage type is different, which it is, one of them yep. is piercing, one of them is slashing. Yep. And I learn that one of these creatures is resistant to slashing, but not piercing. You're Can I take all three with one or? Because, right. Because there's no limitation on that when you have one attack and you can choose whichever one you want. Because, you know, we're just ambidextrous and we're we're great and you know what? Doesn't matter, we could do the same we have the same skill with both hands. Um I would say like with the extra attack, because there's nothing that states otherwise, I would say it all it says is you can attack twice instead of once. Well, attack to me is still defined as either hand. So for me, the extra attack can be either and it doesn't matter. Even if, even though it says offhand, so that's the, that's the difference, right? Okay, so like when right. you just get that bump of extra attack, 
I don't think it says offhand. Oh, it just oh, says oh. you can do it. You can attack twice, right? Yes. When it says offhand, that word has meaning. And it implies that it is a different hand than what you just used. So I know. if it says offhand and I used my scimitar for for attack and extra attack, I feel like I have to use my short sword for offhand. And that is how I play as Jen. I always do two attacks with my scimitar and then one with my short sword. But So here's the here's the language from page 195 of the player's handbook. It says, uh, it says under two weapon fighting, when you take the attack action and attack with a light melee weapon that you're holding in one hand, you can use a bonus action to attack with a different light melee weapon that you're holding in the other hand. So it specifies in the other hand. So, so Anna, in your case, you, would you still rule that, that you could take, so you're you're a six level uh, college of swords bard. Could you take the extra attack with like do one in your left hand, one in your right hand? And if so, then then what is the quote unquote other hand that you're using for your bonus action? This is like pseudo, super lawyer bullshit. <laughs> it, yeah, but this Gosh, is the kind I of feel stuff. like I feel like this would be one of those things where you have to know which what your character would typically use, right? Or, like what would right. be this character's primary weapon? And or then you have to be there... like true to it and be like, this is my offhand. <laughs> well, either that or, I mean, I still think like, like I think the intention and maybe it's not stated clearly is that you have to use the same hand for the first attack that you use for the second attack. If you have the extra attack feature and then just the other hand would be the off attack. What? I, I don't, I don't know if I, I agree know. with that. I just, I think that the, the, cause what does the extra attack language say? I just read it. It says you can, Oh, Oh, yeah. oh. that um, was, that was bonus. So attack. extra attack says beginning at fifth level, you can attack twice instead of once whenever you take the attack action on your turn. That says nothing about which weapon I have to use. That's right? what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it does. No, no, I know, but but so so like to read these things harmoniously, though, right? Like if we're using like canons of statutory interpretation, right? We're pulling. Then from... I would just say you could do it the opposite of whatever whatever your first attack was. So if I did a scimitar and then I did a short sword <laughs> extra attack. Then my scimitar would have been my first attack. And then if I'm going to do bonus action attack, then it has to be the opposite of that. So it would be two short swords instead. I think from a narrative standpoint, if I had to justify this, I'd be like, I swing my left hand around, I swing my right hand around, and then I use the momentum of the le- the left hand swinging to pop back I around. I windmill the... my two swords. <laughs> hey, whirling dervish style. There you go. I mean, this is hard I think one, that's... though. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a great. I mean, yeah. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer to this. I just think I thought it was really interesting because in order to get that benefit, you get a plus. If you're a Kensei monk, you get a plus two to AC until the start of your next turn. So you, my AC, I, I, with all the other stuff I had at 10th level and an item, I had, using that feature got me up to 21 as a monk, which was awesome. So I, I wanted to make sure that I took one swipe with my magical Kensei weapon. The other hit, I did an unarmed strike so I could use that feature. And then my bonus action, I could still do an unarmed strike. Um, but yeah, well, maybe the Twitterverse will respond and chime in on this one because I think it's really interesting. But um, I do think it's kind of this weird. I, I think just so with are the we two- not ruling? 
Well, we can rule. I think with the two-weapon fighting language, I personally am going to hold that. I think because that language is in there, that when you take the attack action, you're meant to like do like two swipes with the same arm and one offhand attack as a bonus action. You're talking two-weapon fighting, the fighting style, or just the rules? Sorry, that's a completely no. different thing, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard because it's named the same thing. Oh, yeah. um, so forget the fighting style. It's just two-weapon fighting, dual-wielding, you know, two two weapons at once. I think I'm going to have to dissent. Yeah. Well, you might, you might be the majority. So, Tyler, what's your ruling? Okay, so help me out here. What was the thing that we were <laughs> not ascending on? So okay, so word. so you have you have three attacks, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You you have two. You have a regular attack, an extra attack, and then a bonus attack, which is called an offhand attack, right? Yep, implying that it has to be a different hand, right? And so what Joe is saying is that in order for the offhand language to make sense, your attack and extra attack have to be done by the same weapon, so that when you do an offhand attack, it is actually a different hand than what you just used. I think that, I'm saying no, because <laughs> I don't wanna. <laughs> I think it kind of shits on that definition to say this, but I would. I think I'm going to dissent as well, just because I'm not seeing anything in the extra attack that states right. which hand it has to be with. I well, think guess that's what, my Tyler? Problem. You can't dissent because you're in the majority now. Absolutely. So now, so now, so now I'm dissenting, <laughs> and I will. I will say that as far as like rule interpretation goes, that's what I would hold. Um, and I would just say, but but in my games, I'm not going to police what weapon you use and which hand because I don't care. I don't think it matters. I think right. I would totally let a Kensei monk use this because I think a monk would be agile like what's the point of having a kensei weapon if if you had to make all of your attacks with an unarmed strike in order to get that ac bonus it just doesn't make sense so yeah all right well awesome i'm in the i'm descent i am ruth bader ginsburg i gotta get my little (laughs) frock collar on and you guys are the majority case closed all right now it's time to sit back relax and get naked grab a beverage the uh nothing too hot because you ain't wearing clothes the still unnamed uh disrobing lounge essentially the soon to be named start our twitter poll okay um oh you're doing what you've done a poll already or no we're gonna release a twitter poll with four options and the public gets to decide yeah just like 50 accounts and (laughs) <laughs> uk hey if, what's if, your suggestion tyler i don't i i did see you guys were looking for this and oh and I you didn't, didn't respond oh, oh okay you're not a real fan then are you oh, all right get off our show all right let's Bye. get on to <laughs> let's get to tyler's questions yeah so these discussion topics were brought to us by tyler um and the first discussion topic is underpowered ability scores are there ability scores in D&D that are wholly underpowered? How and why? And which? Yeah, so Tyler, how did this... Yeah. Uh, why, why did you want to discuss this? So, I mean, I've only recently gotten into D&D, so I certainly will not claim to um, say that, like, the systems that have been used for ability scores in this edition and past editions... It's all bullshit. That it's all just <laughs> bullshit, and, you know, it's it doesn't make sense, because I think... I think there's a great amount of balance in the game. Um, but I was looking at a an article about the intelligence ability modifiers in D&D 3, uh, third, 
3.5 edition. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I'd call it. Yeah. And it used to be that if your intelligence modifier was higher, you actually got additional skill proficiencies, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It was it was essentially as as though, you know, a certain amount of time studying or just having a bigger brain, I guess, like made you better in some skills. And I feel like, so I, I don't know if this is a common sentiment, but I feel like there are certain ability scores that are easy to dump depending on what your class is. And I kind of feel like intelligence is one of those. And in my other campaign, most people did not put anything into intelligence because none of us are intelligence-based casters and, um, you know, I, I wanted to, but I was a Tempest cleric and like, I wanted to have high strength and I wanted, you know, like I could go into what that build looks like, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, I just don't feel like I'm going to get much use out of this um, skill. And granted, both of my DMs do a great job of adding in lore based checks into their games where that comes in. <laughs> yes, go ahead. and <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And I like um, Draxel. He I think he has 14 intelligence, and that does come into handy at times. Get out of here. Especially if we ever (laughs) encounter an intelligence saving throw, which I feel like is never in the game of D&D, but eventually. So so that goes into, I think that's a great starting point is there are so many wisdom saving throws and so many dexterity saving throws. Even strength saving throws. Throws, yeah, I, or... I think to a lesser like the the two most common I think are wisdom and dex, and then less lesser than that it's con and strength, and then intelligence and charisma are way in the back. Um, and one thing I think that Anna RDM Clint does he does a really good job of diversifying yeah. those, and I try and in, incorporate other ones as well into into my monsters. But yeah, I never understood like there's so many wisdom saving throws, and I get it, right? It's like will, willpower. So yeah, this makes sense. It should be wisdom. But for any spell that like causes you to like any any uh, hypnotic spell or illusion spell, those should all be intelligence saves, right? How can you detect that this this thing is actually not, you know, what it should be? I mean, there's a lot of like, yeah, think about if something like hypnotic pattern was was intelligence save that could seriously screw with a lot of characters. A, that's a very powerful spell as it is. And mm-hmm. B, you know, like, what kind of thing would would require a charisma saving throw? Um, so interesting, the, the spell banishment yeah, that's a is one. the most common one. And I don't know why, because so if you think about like like all of these stats and what they represent charisma is like you know your yeah it's like how you interact with people right your personality what the fuck does banishing you to another plane have to do (laughs) if anything if anything it should either be wisdom right because so many things are done with wisdom or constitution what can you withstand the spell to keep yourself grounded on this plane Mm -hmm. yeah um i mean i are you likable enough to remain (laughs) on this plane well when i was reading up on these different uh saving throws that was they said something about charisma kind of because you're you're asking like how does that have to deal with your your sense of social interaction and i think that the common sentiment around charisma saving throws seems to be it's like your sense of self that's holding you to the material plane or something oh. right i, don't know. Yeah, I, I can yeah. see that yeah yeah but, which is but still why? Weird. that's a stretch but why banish it's a stretch yeah yeah there's so many other spells like what about spells like 50 percent of the charm spells could easily be oh, yeah. charisma saves right. versus wisdom saves it's, it's weird. and i 
it's weird that they really favor wisdom saves. A part of me wonders if they did that for a reason, so that specifically clerics would, because they're wisdom based car- casters, whether clerics would like automatically be more adept at at saving from those things um, because they have they'll have high wisdom and have proficiency in wisdom saves well if you think about the way saving throws are broken out every class gets two that they're proficient in right and Mm -hmm. you always tend to have one that comes up a lot and the other one that doesn't near as much like for draxel it's wisdom that one comes up all the time and then intelligence which we might have actually encountered a monster that did that early on, now that I think about it. One of those things down in the the <laughs> mines. Uh, you remember mm-hmm. that thing that was like, Anna, do you remember that thing that we killed that was like from some other yeah. plane Oh, the of like existence? hooded thing? Yeah, the hooded yeah. thing. The giant that hooded thing? thing? That I, got, you, to, I yeah, got to do the kill shot on that one. Yeah, pretty you kept <laughs> making people frightened of him. I remember that. I don't know if that yeah. was intelligent. That might have been wisdom, but uh, who knows. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think there's... It feels to me like they broke it out like that but i mean when you get back to the crux of are certain ability scores underpowered that's kind of just the start of it right like right i feel like i don't know when i read what that are the thing classes about, that require intelligence like what are the re- classes that are relying on intelligence really kind of just wizard so an artificer now also use mm-hmm. it intelligence based and then um th- those are the only two intelligence based casters so an artificer was new. So really it was just a wizard. I, wow. Yeah. So interestingly, my dump stat on every single character except a barbarian is actually strength. Right. I never, never put points in strength. Um, I always will at least give my character a 10 charisma because I know that I'm going to play the character like, That's you know, the charismatic character or like has the big personality, whether that's. Right. Or I just like my character is going to try and lie at some point. Right. I don't want Uh, them to have a negative modifier. But if there's any fucking way I can get out of doing something with based in strength, because like the only skill is athletics, then I'll just do something else. Right. I'll try and get out of it a different way. So I always dump strength. Um, Strength was the other one that I I was thinking. I I think that it's a very easy one to skip unless you you need it to wear armor or to to fight. Um, Right. So I think, yeah. Iso's strong, but I don't know yeah. how often that's ever come in handy for her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Except no, for the, like, weapons. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that's that's a great point. And I guess my paladin also has a high strength. Right. But um, Well, in the encumbrance rules, I, I don't think both, neither of my campaigns use the encumbrance. Well, maybe we do, Joe. I don't know. I think you told me at no, one point if we were no, carrying, like, we a ridiculous do. number of things, you would Right. Right. But but it probably but, won't yeah. won't be even even then it'll I'll be like I'll find steed then, don't worry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, a beast of burden here it is. Um <laughs> Oh, conjure but, animals. Here we go. Like <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, woodland beings, come fucking help me lift some lift some shit. Lift some shit. And now we have an owl bear that can carry all our shit for us. <laughs> so. I'm done. He's what gonna be a done? big boy someday, so you know, he'll he um, um, or they, whoever it is, and then he yeah, would be however dinner. they identify. Oh God, <laughs> this is dark. Um, so don't listen to this, Kaz. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's interesting. I've always 
it's kind of been like if you could be a dex based fighter, like Yurik in our fighter is dex based. If you could be dex based instead of strength based, why wouldn't you? Because you get so much more. You get yeah. four associated skills with dexterity that you're going to be using way more. They're often way more than, useful than athletics. Exactly. And I I don't know. I just feel like athletics. I I think the only character that absolutely needs strength to be functional is a barbarian, barbarian. because all of their rage bonus and reckless attack and all that stuff is based on strength um but pretty much any other class could get away with dexterity even yeah. a paladin if they really wanted to i i actually quite enjoy the fact that iso is like not dexterous at all yeah I, <laughs> it's a terrible initiative and is always just like gung-ho and wants to be in the thick of it but is not agile <laughs> it is fun so uh, my tempest cleric he also wears heavy armor so he he dumped his dexterity so i totally feel your pain um anna like <laughs> We tried to do a stealth thing, and I was just so used to being Draxel, who had like no, no, you know, he doesn't even wear armor because he's a lizard folk, and I have I have proficiency in stealth, and then I go to this character who has disadvantage on his stealth checks because he's in heavy armor and he's clanking around, and it is kind of fun to role play, I will say that. But I, yeah, and strength was the other one that I was kind of like, I feel like this is a little underpowered compared to the others. Um, so. Yeah, that's just but something even, I was thinking about. So even funny. then, as a Tempest Cleric, right? Tempest Clerics get access to martial weapons. Oh, it's useful. You could yeah. easily just have wear medium armor or even light armor as a Tempest Cleric. Put your decks up way high. Suddenly, you, you, if you have a five decks with a shield, you're at 19 AC So, uh, with like studded leather armor. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Anna, what do you what do you think? Do you? Do you I, I thought that like intelligence was kind of a dump stat when I was thinking back <gasps> to my characters. And um, I didn't think about strength at all because Iso has such a high strength. So I was like, that can't be a dump stat. One of my characters has high strength. So you can <laughs> see how much thought I put into this. It was literally just my own universe. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, like strength is so useless. <laughs> right? I don't know. I mean, I, I think... I mean, it's not, not like useless, yeah. useless, but like you're right. Like other than a barbarian... You could really work any any character, any class, any race yeah. into not needing to be very strong and still be really, really effective. Yeah. And I, I mean, you're always going to have someone in your party who does have a high strength, right? The, right. That other, the other guy. Um, just let them do all the heavy lifting, literally. <laughs> right? Like, I, <laughs> when, 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 when do I fucking need to make an athletics check? As, as Umbra, hardly ever. I'm giving Clint so many bad ideas right now. Um, <laughs> but, but and that's what I In think. In our last Guidra 2, Kaz literally carried Drexel around. Remember? <laughs> yeah, he was just funny. like under an arm yep. running through the woods. <laughs> yep. Um, but but I think like, it's that's when, it, when a DM needs to step in and be like, okay, I need to come up with challenges based on this to, to right. make sure that A, the, there is some downside to not having a high stat in this and mm -hmm. B, to let the characters who did take strength shine, right? Let them and, have their moment. And I think that when we, if you go back to intelligence, I think- I'm I'm kind of toying around with the idea of maybe like could you grant like additional languages or something for each you know oh like if you have that, like yeah. a fourteen or higher in intelligence then homebrew you get a new language yeah yeah I like I, that'd be pretty cool I was watching I don't remember which YouTuber it was but they were talking about that um, and or again like the, another tool proficiency or something yeah yeah tool proficiencies one of them straight up suggested like a skill proficiency every time you increase in ability score and that's 
That's that seems like a lot. I I think that well, I mean, maybe I mean, it's you not could, though. I don't know. Like no, I mean, there's a feat that you can take multiple times where you get two or three skilled, skill yeah. proficiencies. So yeah, yeah, you could like take that multiple times. I think it'd be so. cool though, because then if you have higher intelligence and you played a class that didn't have access to proficiencies and the intelligence based skills, you could be like. Yeah, because, you know, I've spent time studying, I know a lot about history, or I know I, I'm, I have a better understanding of arcana or something like that. And you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be a wizard or an artificer to get those, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's something I've thought about. And That's a cool homebrew idea, like just to, to make more balanced characters yeah. well, that's and what encourage, encourage people not to have like dump stats or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's sort of what I did with with both of your items that you right. guys have. Like like Iso, I increased your deck score so that you, you did. wouldn't have a negative. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, some of your other players may or may not have abilities that they can increase other people's initiative roles. That oh. Maybe we haven't seen that yet. Ooh. But um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think I agree, and I really tried to balance it out, and I wanted to give you those special items because I wanted to give you guys access to more skills. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something I like. I like when DMs let me take a new skill in something because uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like character fun. growth. Like that's yeah. how. Yeah. I, that's what I feel like. Like it is right. Like I've been adventuring now yeah. for this long, and so I've picked up a skill. Drexel's yeah. like walking around with a little more swagger now because he got a. He went from a solid negative eight in charisma to a, or wait, negative, negative eight. eight. <laughs> negative eight. <laughs> Sorry, an eight in charisma to a to a ten. You know, yep. and, oh, he's a little more charismatic now. Just a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. It's really, it's really coming through. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I'm like, look at how charismatic Draxel is. What's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> this, this. Li- Oh man, role playing a lizard folk can be. There's a lot of ways you can go with that, but I just they generally do not understand what yeah, the <laughs> social cues. No, just wait until you meet other lizard folk in game, and they all sound like like Kevin, the lizard folk in in our yawning portal campaign, <laughs> who just has the. You'll see. Um, anyway, okay. Um, so for our second discussion topic. Uh, I think this question came to us from Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question is, would it be overpowered to have a homebrew that allows you to turn a bonus action into a regular action? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of stuff in the game that can be done as a bonus action that it just sucks to be limited to only doing that as a bonus action. So for example... The spell spiritual weapon is a bonus action. Why? Why can I not just cast spiritual weapon as an action and do something else as a bonus action? Let's say I'm a, uh, uh, I don't even fucking, I can't even come up with an example, but, or, or, or a bard. What if I'm a bard? What if I want to just give someone bardic inspiration as an action and then use a spell or something or some other feature as a bonus action? Is it really that game breaking to just let a character do that. I have the opposite problem whenever I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, why are all of these things actions? Why can't more things be bonus actions? Right. Like a bunch of my spells when I'm a paladin are like actions. And I'm like, oh God, I wish 
I wish some of this was a bonus action so that I could like, you know, take a take my melee attacks as my actions and then be able to cast something as bonus actions. I don't know that I've ever thought the opposite. <laughs> there Yeah, so Joe, you just listed some great examples. My character has a very pertinent one actually. So his spirit totem moves as a bonus action. Right. And is cast as a bonus action. Well, you know what? Healing spell often works really well with that healing word and it's yep. a bonus action so. i was just gonna say like yeah like yeah why couldn't you why couldn't you do that right that's that's definitely one that's come up i think and i don't know if i have any others with my characters but yeah my interpretation of a bonus action is like it's supposed to be something that is just very easy to do right as like on the side so so why but why couldn't you then just like waste your action to to do that yeah Right. And Anna, I think to, to answer your question, I think it's balance. I think a lot of the spells and stuff, they force you to really waste an action because it's forcing you to take a big commitment to do that. And mm. and when it fails, they want you to feel like it fails. And when it succeeds, it feels like it was worth it, um, which is why I'm scared of spells like Bane, because you just never know if someone's going to. Oh, that's another one. That's a charisma saving throw. Um uh, I'm I'm always scared that they're going to save on that, and I always use something like bless because you don't have to save; you just get it, and you it's just a, give it. It's a great spell, um, but then, yeah, but that's a, that's an excellent example, right? Like healing yeah. word. That's how a, I feel about sacred flame because they have to make a saving throw, and then I'm like, I'm just going to burn a whole action, and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, unfortunately, like that's sort of the trade off with cantrips, which is why I always try and get a cantrip that has an attack. Mm-hmm. as opposed to a save but for clerics there really are none but um uh yeah so i don't know i i feel like their the frustration that you feel is probably part of the game right like you can only do so much in a round and they write it in a way that i i mean if my if my frustrations are because the game is kind of balanced and you're making a sacrifice with your actions then i feel like your frustrations are also kind of a balance and you you have to like make these decisions and and dole Anna's out your bonus actions. Nanner, nanner, nanner. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I have to be bad, then you have to be sad. <laughs> I'm so. kind of yeah. I I understand the pain of it, and I think it should be allowed. I I think that bonus actions are by nature supposed to just be quicker. So I feel like I could swap that out as an action, but there is nothing by rules as written that says that. So right, right, it would be yeah. a homebrew. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just think that like, I might want to experiment with allowing that someday so that you, so that Draxel could exactly do just that, like cast their, or maybe cast their spirit totem and then, well, you wouldn't need to move it on the same turn. That wouldn't make sense. Um, there could be like, times though. Like if, if, you but know, you said Iso casting it as a bonus over, action goes down like in a place that's not within the spirit totem's range, and I want to move it. Yeah, and oh. then cast healing word. Right, well, you yeah, so like, do she it gets the, the additional, you know, healing from it. Um, You'd have to multi-class and fighter, and then action search. <laughs> but then you know you could only hold that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting to think about, and I'm curious, I don't know, I just think about, like, there's so many bonus actions with different classes, like, what, Mm. is is there an example of one that would be way too powerful? But I think you're right, Anna, like, usually it's the reverse, right? Usually it's, 
it's, oh man, like having to use my action like a wild shape for a druid, which is why moon druids are so fucking awesome because oh, they can yeah. wild shape as a bonus action, right? Yeah. Um, Excellent. Fucking insane. I, would it be there, insane to have a homebrew that lets you turn an action into a bonus action? So Yes. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was looking this this up... There is one class in the game, at least that I know of, that has a feature that lets you do something mm, similar. This is true. See, like, this is the... what I'm thinking. Like, you pick a character and give him, like, a special ability. Well, you have you know? one. A sorcerer, right? The... Quicken spell. Yeah, well, sorcerers can do it. And then there's also a subclass of cleric called the Order Domain Cleric. Oh. They can cast, mm. at sixth level, they can cast an enchantment spell as a bonus action. Um, but nice, they can only yeah. do it, like, a number of times per long rest or something so yeah so it's yeah. limited to spells but it's still i mean there's still sort of that you can hit someone and then make them you know make someone else you know charmed or whatever else you do with an enchantment school spell <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah well i mean i just thought it was an interesting an interesting mind question i don't know what a mind question is but yeah it's a fun mind one. question <laughs> it's a question for your mind for your mind anyway um, well, thank you, Tyler. Tyler, is there anything you want to plug? I don't. I don't know if there is. I, Are you doing things? I don't think I. I don't think I have anything. I. I. I want to say thank you guys so much for having me. This was a blast. Oh, yeah. Of course, it was so fun having you. We, th- these were really great discussions. So thank you for bringing us your questions yes. and joining us today. And when yeah, when you guys are listening to this later that night, both Anna and Tyler will be over playing D and D at my house. Yeah. yeah, so excited. So. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. We should just have a really boring intro this time. We should be like, hello. Hello, Joe. Hi. Are you are you ready for this episode? I'm, I'm ready for the episode. Okay, let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Raw and Order. Welcome. Uh, today Things have happened. Today is a day. It is a day. This is an accurate Earth. observation. <laughs> well observed, Joe. <laughs>